words are powerful tools. We use them to communicate ideas, solve problems, and express complex emotions. But our greatest tool can also be a weapon. In this episode, we talk about words we use to discriminate against persons with disabilities. I'm Lisette Mukhwatle in Johannesburg, South Africa. This is the UNICEF Africa podcast. And on today's show, we meet four disability rights advocates who share their personal stories of discrimination. They tell us about the words they hate, words that hurt and trigger them, and what can be done to make the world a better place for persons with disabilities. People with special needs, because when you say people with special needs, what exactly are you trying to convey? John Vula is a 28-year-old law student at the University of Zambia in Lusaka. He's also a disability rights activist. John says when he was considering law school, a lot of people tried to discourage him. They told him it would be hard for someone in a wheelchair. But nothing could change his mind. One of John's biggest frustrations is with Zambia's education system. He says policymakers have established an unfair two-tier education system. They've created schools for persons with disabilities, which they've referred to as special needs schools. And then there are schools for everyone else. The, 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 the bottom line is that you are trying to say that persons with disabilities are different from all the other persons, but that they deserve a different kind of treatment in society. It perpetuates stigma, it perpetuates discrimination. Because truth be told, we are all different from each other. Nobody, no one is similar to any. We are all peculiar to each other, and that is a fact. And so why should persons with disabilities be treated so different, so very different? from the other persons. It is not right. It is not right. Children with disabilities are less likely to attend school than children without disabilities. John blames that on policymakers. He wants them to get rid of special needs schools and special needs teachers. That is the wrong dimension to take. We need to train, if you're training teachers, let, the, let us train teachers for all kinds of people so that they are able to handle all kinds of issues that arise from their profession. That is just how we are going to eliminate discrimination, eliminate stigma. So we want teachers for all and not teachers for some. Over a billion people have some form of disability in the world. And about 80% of them live in developing countries. They're the world's largest minority. And one of the most vulnerable and marginalized groups are women with disabilities. Hello, my name is Vilda Tieno. I'm 22 years old. Vilda lives in Kisumu City. It's Kenya's third largest city. 
she's an advocate for the rights of women and girls with disabilities. Vilda wants to improve their access to sexual and reproductive health services across Kenya. We understand that women with disability face a little more of challenges when it comes to disability. Menstrual hygiene is an issue when it comes to persons with disability, especially those with severe disability. Getting to get the the sanitary towels a point becomes so hard for women with disability. One of the toughest parts of Vilda's job is talking with parents who refuse to accept their own children because of their disability. Many a times you find that those from the rural areas, most of the time you find that the parents still hide them and do not give them chance to go to the school. So as a volunteer youth advocate, we'll identify such people, talk to their parents on the importance of inclusive education. And uh, at the end of it, you see a success whereby now these kids can be, be taken to school. This work is very personal for Vilda. She acquired a disability at two months old after losing her left hand. At school, she says people called her useless. They told her parents to hide her away from society or put her up for adoption. What I remember most was that I was referred to as a useless person that will bring no benefit to the society. So the family was advised to take me to a children's home whereby in that place, it was suggested that it will be a hidden place where nobody will see you, nobody will remember you because you are useless. There's nothing good you're going to bring. It made me feel very bad, so bad, so neglected. And I felt that I was not part of the, of the society. I was not part of the family. Vilda says what's worse than being called useless is being treated that way. She wants people to understand she'll ask for help if she needs it. I know my rights. I know where, what I can do and I know what I can't do. So unless I tell you, you know, you need to help me do this, I can't do this. Give me that job. See how I do it. If I can't do it, I'll let you know. Of course, I understand that my disability might hinder me from doing some things. But when I'm not in a position to do something, I will communicate. I don't need pity every now and then. Vilda is studying to become a social worker and to be a role model to other persons with disabilities. She wants to speak for their collective rights and work towards a more inclusive society. Especially that being a youth advocate, somebody expects me to to stand at, the, at their lowest point, to give them help whenever they need. And it has been one of the hardest things. Finding paid work is one of the toughest problems facing persons with disabilities. In some countries, 8 out of 10 persons with disabilities are unemployed. The hardest thing I've ever had to do is to support my family. That's 33-year-old Mark Mabemba from Lilongwe in Malawi. He is vice president of Inclusion International, which is a global network of people advocating for the rights of persons with intellectual disabilities. One biggest problem in my life is uh, employment. It is challenging to get employed. 
as a person with intellectual disability. Though I have skills in, uh, in advocacy and disability issues, but uh, to have one employment is really challenging and is one of the things that uh, we, we are struggling with. At Inclusion International, Mark works on campaigns that encourage governments to give companies tax breaks for employing persons with intellectual disabilities. He says incentives like this work. They employ three or four people with disabilities. I think it can help for more people with disabilities to, to have a chance of getting a job and uh, supporting their families. Mark wants the world to know that people like him are not mad or crazy. He says when he hears those words, it hurts. And I prefer people use the word like intellectual disability, not a mad person or crazy person. Adapting to life with a disability is challenging in a society filled with prejudice. Mark has to convince employers that persons with intellectual disabilities can make meaningful contributions in the workplace. Vilda wants families to accept their children no matter their disability. And John has to convince policymakers to end discrimination and segregation in schools. But better laws don't change hearts and minds. The biggest problem in my life with the disability is to having to explain my disability to people. So most of the time when I go to interviews, when I go to uh, different places, I literally have to explain myself. Where is your disability? What, uh, what's the name of your disability and all those things. This is 26-year-old Eunice Mumo in Nairobi, Kenya. She's a video journalist and a youth advocate for persons with disabilities. Let me tell you, stigma and discrimination is real here in Kenya. Uh, you go to employment sector, you go to education sector, you go to different parts of the country and you find there is a lot of stigma and discrimination. Eunice's story starts in 2007 when she was 11 years old. Her mother asked her to fetch water from the river. When she got there, she slipped and fell down the bank. Eunice's leg was badly injured. It was bleeding and swollen and getting worse each day. She says doctors eventually diagnosed her with a fracture, which caused her right leg to become paralyzed. She was told she'd need to walk on crutches. When I got disability, I did not really accept myself at that point because I was questioning myself why did I had to uh, get the accident and even gain the disability and I'm telling you it took me five years to come to accept uh, myself as a person with a disability but with all that I was I went through therapy I was able to get help by doctors and that is one of the hardest things that I have ever had to do the acceptance part of it. But coming to terms with her disability was only the beginning. Eunice had another problem to deal with. It was the lack of understanding and empathy from people around her. 
right here in Kenya, we uh, our national language is Swahili. And so there are Swahili words that people use to refer people with disability. And uh, one word that I really hate that describes people with disability in Swahili is kiwete. Kiwete means lame. The way that word comes out, it is quite annoying if you are someone who has a disability and you are being referred as a kiwete, as a disabled person. Eunice still remembers the first time someone said that to her. she just received her first pair of crutches and was still coming to terms with it. Uh, the first time I heard um, that word, I was on my way to school. I was going back to my high school and somebody said, uh, look at that disabled girl. And now he was, he was talking in Swahili. So he said, um, angalia uyo kiwete, you know, and it came out so bad. It made me feel uh, we are really uh, discriminated as people with disability. And um I, I remember I remember that word made me feel uh made me question myself why did this disability had to happen uh had to happen to me you know I asked myself many questions many questions that didn't, didn't really have answers and it made me literally tear up because I was I I had just gotten the disability I am being called a disabled people disabled person and it made me feel really, um, really uh, bad, and it lowered my self-esteem. She's not only fighting against the words of ignorant people, she's also fighting to change attitudes among people she respects. Many years after her diagnosis, and while studying journalism at university, Yunai says she was caught off guard when her lecturer singled her out in class. Uh, I remember a lecturer asked me, uh, you know, how are you going to hold the camera? Uh, how are you going to use a camera while you're using a while you're using crutches and then i looked at him and uh tears were just rolling down my face because that time i had not literally even accepted myself as a person with disability and i told myself i am going to work hard so that i prove this lecturer wrong and in in the midst of all that within two to three years i even got um got a job as a news presenter, not really a news presenter, as a presenter whereby I was doing a morning show. And I was really proud of myself because I was able to prove him wrong. While Eunice chooses to confront discrimination head on, our other guests had their own ideas for solving this problem. Each of them gave us suggestions for building a more inclusive society. I have a name. So I prefer me being called by my name. If you are a person using crutches, like the way I am using crutches, they can call you lame instead of your name. If you are a person with a wheelchair, they can call you cripple. So I don't like the word that they normally call you uh, lame, cripple, deaf. According to your disability, I don't like uh, those words. Give me an opportunity and see if I can do it. Give me 
again give me education help me get the the, the right equipment so that even me i be at par with other people give me an opportunity whereby i'm absorbed if if i want to go to class let me be given an opportunity to do so if i want to pursue a course that i love most like social work give me an opportunity and see if i can deliver so that is one of the things that will will bring a solution to my problem and will make me feel like i'm part of the society and everybody respects me everybody gives me a chance that i deserve i'm just like any other human being i'm just like any other citizen and uh, i also have equal rights as, a, as any other citizen in the country at the end of the day what we want to see is a society that responds well and in the manner that is similar or the same to all people whether based on gender disability or other statuses and so even as we advocate for the rights of persons with disabilities i think what is imperative for us to do is to first you know tear down these barriers we can tear them down and then we stop building new one because these are the barriers that hinder persons with disabilities from fully realizing the potential that lies within themselves and uh, the the one solution to this problem is that uh, just creating awareness about uh invisible disabilities and uh, we will be at a good place as a society the good news is it's actually really easy to do you just need to change your vocabulary the basic rule is use person first language that means putting the person before the disability So don't call someone disabled or handicapped. Avoid using hurtful words like retarded or abnormal. Instead try saying person with a disability. And lastly, look out for ableist language that reinforces discrimination. For example, don't say you're depressed when you're just a little sad. All it does is center an able-bodied language. Join me on the next episode. when Unice and I talk about tackling discrimination through social media. This episode of the UNICEF Africa podcast was produced by Dashan Moodley. Our sound engineer is Mike Greyfeld. Our thanks to the team at UNICEF including Yetne Baresh Mola, Crystal Jurilu, Nadia Sami Jacobs, Sarah Musau, and Louis Vinal Dubois. And I'm your host, Lesedi Mukhwatle. 